The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, Herod called the Magi secretly and asserted from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened the treasures and offered him gifts of gold frankincense and mirror, and having, been, and having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I remember a couple of years ago, as I was waiting to board a flight, and uh, I was at the boarding gate and waiting just to enter the plane, I overheard a person who was seated just in front of me and was talking to probably a family a member or a friend, and, uh, and he said, I don't want to work until I am too old to live. I was like, what was that about? I don't want to work until I was too old to live. And it just stayed on me. And, uh, and because I was so curious as to what he was referring to, I just stayed listening, which, you know, it's not a good thing. <laughs> but, you know, my humanity has just embraced me there. So, but, you know, Eventually, I understood what he was talking about because he said, I love my work, 
It provides security for my family. It has given us lots of comfort. But at some point, I want to do something different. I want to do something different. I want to be able to do what I truly love. And I don't want to wait until I'm retired and who knows what's going to happen there. I'm going to be able to do it. So, so that was the context. You know, he said, I don't want to work until I am too old to live. And uh, as I was reflecting on it, he, he was longing for something. He was longing for a full life. That's why he wanted to do something different. There was this aspiration. There was this goal. And no matter how successful he was, you know, in his field or in his field, they, it's very clear that it was not giving him that deepest joy that his heart was looking for. He wanted something deeper. And I realized too during, you know, during that conversation that he was probably fearful of what his wife would say if he changed jobs. He was fearful as to what the future would be if he finally decides I want to do something that I truly love. What will my family say about this? You know, so there was this longing on one side, but there was also this fear on the other side. And this is really what epiphany is all about. <laughs> epiphany is between this holy longing and also this response of fear. And we saw that in the response of the primary characters in the gospel today with the Magi and also with Hiram. The Magi set out to go to a distant country, to a place that was unknown. There was this longing. There was this great longing inside of them. We want to be able to find the child king. And not just to present the gifts that they brought to Jesus, but for them also to behold the treasure. Not just to give Jesus gold frankincense of mirror, but for them also to find their ultimate treasure, not in a thing, but in a person. This is holy longing. And for them, they took the risk. They did everything possible to fulfill this longing. Not knowing where it would lead them. And they were just guided by the star. So that's the longing part, the response of the Magi to that longing. But also, the bookend of the Epiphany is fear, as what we saw with Herod. <laughs> it's interesting that the gospel today, uh, the Matthew, the evangelist, described the reaction of Herod as soon as the Magi arrived in his territory. We were told that Herod was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Those were the exact words in the gospel today. 
He was greatly troubled. There was this great fear. And you know, it's interesting. His fear did not just stay with him. It infected all the other people in the land. You know, at times, the things that we're fearful, we think that it just stays in us, but actually sometimes it is so infectious that the people around us get it too. Before, when I was thinking about Epiphany, I always just thought that Epiphany was about Christ wanting to manifest himself to, to the three kings, to the Magi. But actually, in as much as Christ wanted to manifest himself to the Magi, he equally wanted to manifest himself to Herod. <laughs> Epiphany was just as for the Magi as it is for Herod, but the response of the two groups were entirely different. I wonder what would have happened to Herod if he was open to the great manifestation that the Lord wanted to show to him in the same way that, that God wanted to show to the Magi. I wonder what his life would have been after that. After he opens his chest, his heart, to what the Lord wanted him to experience. But we know that God can force himself to us. We have to respond with freedom and liberty. Res reflecting on these two poles of the epiphany, longing and also fear, I was reflecting on this last night, and I've come up with some important questions, I think, that we could ask ourselves in response to this epiphany. What longing or searching or desiring has gotten a hold of you? What longing or searching or desiring has gotten a hold of you? And how are you responding to that? There are some things sometimes that hold us back. Recalling that conversation with that, you know, that, that overhearing that conversation with that guy, it was his family, probably his spouse, his financial situation, or whatever it is. And I'm wondering where he is at now. If he's living the life that he really wants to. And what do you hope for? What future are you desiring that sounds to you impossible? This reminds me of, of someone that I talked with a couple of years ago in another parish. And it's just so active in there. And one time, as we were waiting for other people for a meeting, and she arrived early, so we had a conversation. And, and I've never really known her history. And uh, for some reason, we were talking about family, and she shared with me a little bit of her background. And she said, oh, Father, for 25 years, I was in a very abusive relationship. There was really no joy. And, and I had this longing every single day, you know, to, for a change, 
And I was hoping for that for 25 long years. We tried everything, every counseling, everything. Everything, Father. And finally, one night he was so drunk that he was about to probably kill me that I finally said, no more. And you know what was holding me back? I wanted to give my children a complete family. I don't want to destroy. We, were, we sent our kids to Catholic school, so I don't want his class, their classmates or their peers to say anything about our family. I did not give up, Father, and it was, I, for years I was just carrying this, but you know, eventually I was able to live my life. And for so long I thought the church and God will never forgive me because we were married in the church until I went to confession and the priest, asked, and the priest helped me to go through the process of annulment. You know, I was not planning to get married and all of that, uh, but it was just a huge thing that was in my heart. There was this holy longing, but there was also this fear stopping her from fully living her life. Just think of a situation in your life wherein you wanted really to do it, but there were a lot of situations and probably people stopping you from doing it and when you eventually did it and now you it's like the joy is just unexplainable so that's longing how how about fear how about fear what fears have gotten a hold of you what keeps you paralyzed and unable to leave the place where you are? And what is it about your life or relationships you least want to face and deal with? And who or what situation creates waves of panic and anxiety in your gut? And what do you most fear losing? You know, Herod probably thought, this child king will gonna replace me. This child king will gonna change radically my life. I would have a diminished life. I would have a diminished life. He was fearful of change in his life, but he didn't realize that Jesus was not after his position, was not after his authority, was not after his rule, if he would have only been open to what Christ wanted for him, he would have ruled happily and joyfully. If he did not allow his fears to conquer him, he would have led a joyful life. What is the Lord trying to manifest to you at this point in your life? You know, sometimes 
we don't pay attention to what the Lord is bringing us each day. And each day, you know, there's something that God presents to us if you're only attuned to what's going on around us. How do you respond to God's epiphany in your life? What we celebrate today is not just something that happened in the past more than 2,000 years ago. His manifestations continues to happen each day. I'll tell you, you know, in my own life, the longing and the fear exist at the same time. <laughs> there are longings that I am able to respond right away. There are also some things that I respond with fear. It's like, what will people say about me? What will my parishioners think about me? But I just realized if I think along those lines, if I think about always pleasing people, I have to tell you the truth, in my first few years of priesthood, that's what, how you operate. It's like, carry just to come, to come the tides and all of that. Don't do anything stupid. Um, don't do anything that rocks the boat. But it was just like, I can't live this way. I can't live, you know, by just pleasing people. In the end, if I do that, then God will ask me in the end, why were you not out to please me? And you know, some of the radical things that I've done in my life, of course, there are some things that are people resist, but in the end, but in the end, it's always liberating if you know that you're actually doing God's will and not just the will of the people. And that's the same thing in our own situation. Guys, think about how to please the Lord in the end. Sometimes the process is not easy, but it's all worth it in the end. Because the Lord is a God of love. If you follow His will, He will provide whatever He needs. Happy Epiphany.